looking to learn more on how to build wealth through real estate? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Make Money Make Sense podcast with Dante Belmonte. Each episode, we have the privilege to bring you a professional in the real estate world. One that will help you become a top investor, whether that's a passive role or managing the day-to-day. Let's jump right in. Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Make Money Make Sense. I'm your host, Dante Belmonte. This week, joined by Craig Cecilio of Diversifund. Uh, small world. I actually kind of knew about Craig a little bit before this podcast. And so the way things fell just really worked out well. Um, but with that, Craig, please go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Great. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Craig Cecilio. I'm the CEO and founder of Diversity Fund. Uh, Diversity Fund is, I call it a wealth tech platform that allows the everyday American to invest like institutional investors. Uh, we go and take, uh, aggregate funds from basically as low as $500, so micro investors, and we pull them together and go out and buy institutional quality apartments throughout the US. And so we have had a pretty good year as you did some research on us. So it seems like we're neighbors. Yes, yes, sir, we are. I just purchased a property across the street from Craig, an apartment complex. So we'll get into all that. But uh, Craig, before we get too into it, and I want to talk about diverse fund and all that fun stuff, um, talk to us about your background. Where'd you come from? Uh, where's your education and, and how'd you start this platform and get into real estate? I know I just kind of threw a lot of stuff at you there, but give us the breakdown. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that really is planted the seed for what I'm doing today is growing up in a working class family out of the East coast in Connecticut, mom's school teacher, dad was in retail, lived in a pretty affluent area. However, we were just kind of middle-class in that area. So be around that stuff. And uh, kind of, I was young. I was not really kind of, looking around me and saying, hey, what's going on at a bad life or anything, but looking around me and some people were just very well off. It's a very expensive area. Yeah. So I was always fascinated by that. And I knew at an early age, I wanted to be an entrepreneur and get into stuff. So even, even uh, for some from reason or manner, I'm not sure when it happened exactly about real estate, but I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was trying to convince my dad to buy a condo in Boulder, Colorado at that time period when I was a freshman. And I think where I was looking for the condo was on a street called Broadway, and uh, I think every city has a street named Broadway and it's always expensive real estate. <laughs> and uh, it was like $90,000 for a condo. It was 1991. And I was like, hey, buy it. I'll live there. I'll rent out the other room. So it's kind of like, I'm not sure where that came from, but I always had that, hey, I, I want to get into real estate. And I was 17. I started college pretty early. So I was 17 when that was my first kind of, okay, here, here's a place I want to buy. Right. And then, uh, so that's kind of where it, where it all started. And then after college, I moved to uh, California, San Diego, La Jolla specifically, with the intent to just learn from people, become an entrepreneur. And within my first year out here, uh, I, I ran into a couple of mentors. One was a real estate developer. The other one was a solvency attorney who specialized in syndicating uh, investments for not just real estate, but across the board. And mm -hmm. he was an attorney for some uh, small real estate hedge funds. I think they're anywhere from 500 million to a billion dollars. And so he kind of taught me the ropes at, I think it was around 23 years old. So I was fortunate to be uh, part of them at an early age. And they taught me a lot of things that otherwise I probably wouldn't have known until my forties. Right. Right. No, that, that's awesome. And uh, something I think is cool there is you were talking about how he syndicated other things people always put syndication with real estate. You could syndicate a racehorse. You could syndicate a, a ski mountain resort. You know, you can pool all this capital together for investments. And that's really cool. So 
Um, you know, talk to us about the transition into uh, Diversifund and how you really started that company. Yeah, so, since I learned how to syndicate deals over 20 years ago, it was kind of an evolution of when I started my own business. And that was, uh, I think, 2003 is when I was, started my, my first uh, investment firm. And just an actual evolution. You, you have to, when you do a firm, you're kind of working on all, all the pieces coming together. Yep. So I, I knew how, to, I knew the real estate side. I knew how to structure deals. I knew how to raise capital. So I was always trying to improve upon that. And as the technologies grew and social media grew at those time periods, uh, 2003, that's kind of pre-Facebook days, right? And you're doing right. things a little old, old school way. But yep. kind of the same concepts. I was kind of going out there. Uh, looking at the data, pulling titles, seeing who funded what deals, was it a hedge fund, what's an individual, was it a bank, then going out and trying to meet them face to face and kind of building up a network. And that's kind of how I started. And then just applying technology to that. And then I read something about the uh, Jobs Act in 2012. And, yep. and I had this idea in about 2013 that I could offer that to non-accredited investors. And I was like, I got to do this. And it was kind of something that kind of sparked a fire in myself. Now I could do something. Uh, I could give it to let everyone have an opportunity to invest. And um, and another, I think, part to me was I was dealing with so many institutions and high net worth individuals. And they're, let's just say they operate a little differently. It's when they call you, it's not, hey, thank you for that double digit return. It's more, hey, it's, it's a little bit more about business all the time. Right. So knowing that I could do something with people who might be appreciative of me giving them an opportunity was it was another reason why I started as well. Yeah, definitely giving like the the average Joe an opportunity to invest and something that kind of re relates to me with or like the little guys, for example, that may not be accredited and have the, you know, the net worth or the liquidity or be able to invest in a, an accredited investor deal. And so this kind of relates to uh, my wife and I we were just driving home from a trip and um, I had something on and Grant Cardone was speaking and she's like, you know, it's, it's kind of cool how like this guy lets all the little investors, you know, invest in his deals with him versus just taking the big wigs that, you know, need a lot of capital available. And, and that really sounds like what you're doing there is you're giving those micro investors the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. For, for as low, we're as low as $500. Yep. And uh, granted, $500 is not going to move the needle for most people. So we've started to develop tools around our technology and our products for people where you could hook up your kind of checking account your savings account and you could have money come out on a monthly basis. So we have almost 10% of our users come in and they have $500 coming out of their account in the first of each month, uh, which is a great tool for them to use. Hey, this is how a way I could get involved in real estate. Maybe I don't have a lot of money that 25,000, 50,000, 250,000 minimum. But if I start putting micro dollars in on a systematic basis here, I have an opportunity to really make some money long-term for myself and my family. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, maybe they're, you know, these micro investors are diversifying between uh, your app, your program and Robinhood. Maybe they're doing stocks and real estate, or maybe they just want to do real estate and you're opening up alternative assets for them, which I think is great. Um, something that our listeners are really familiar with are the SEC Reg D exemptions for 506B, 506C and the difference. What are you guys doing that you're able to, you know, publicly advertise and take in such a small amount from uh, sophisticated non-accredited investors? Yeah, that that is, we do a Reg A plus offering and it has to get qualified through the SEC. So there, it, it is a process to do that. It's not easy to start. An expensive like process, right? Yeah, expensive process. It was, it is. <laughs> And we, we were able to build this up to 30,000 people have invested. And, uh, and so when you're working with those compliance agencies, it's, it's a really great thing. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great 
uh, uh, Reg A plus is great. Um, and, but still it, it takes a, a long period of time to set up six months to a year to set up. So right. there's not a lot of choices for the everyday investor. Cause there's not a lot of firms out there doing this. There's a high cost of capital to start the firm. There's a lot of technology you have to do. Plus you have to know about investments. You got to know about marketing. You got to run yep. the assets. You got to do finance and regulation and all that corporate governance stuff. So there's a lot of moving parts to it and we, we figured it out. And as we grow, we'll, kind of get a little bit more sophisticated uh, uh, down the road. We recently became a registered investment advisor last year as well. So we could offer more tools for people as they come to our platform. Yeah. My hat's off to you because I know it's a lot of work and there's a lot of moving parts and you have to, uh, you know, have them all work together essentially in, in, yeah. in, in one harmony. So that's awesome. Now let's talk about the app and a little bit more of what you guys are doing. So let's say you have some investors doing that, you know, that minimum amount or that smaller amount of 500 or 5,000. Um, as far as tax implication goes, is that through 1099? Is that issued through K1? Are there both options yeah. with investing with you guys? Uh, well, current Our current structure, we do it through a REIT. So that's a 1099. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be the 1099. And are you guys giving uh, any form of distributions or is it once the fund they're in matures for some assets that are selling or how does it work for you guys? Yeah, I'll, I'll do like a perfect world scenario. So this yeah. is, never happens, but perfect world is you fill a fund up and within two to three years, you're, you fill the fund up, you deploy the capital, which is the meaning you purchase assets and usually about two to three years, you've gone through the renovation stage and those assets are optimized and the rents are coming in. And that's really cash dividends will get dispersed out to the parties in the fund at that point in time. So that's in a perfect world situation. Uh, right. What you're doing is if you did one deal at a time, you're, you know, when that one's going to hit, but when you're doing a multitude of properties, it's, it's just, you look when um, more of them are cash flowing than not cash flowing. And that would create that surplus of capital that you would give out to the community. Okay. And, and being real estate is an illiquid asset, essentially, when an investor goes to put in funds with you guys, how long can they expect those funds to be wrapped up with you guys? Is there a penalty for taking out early or how does that work with you? Yeah, good question. It, it's to generally speaking four to six years because when you deploy the capital, you have to look ahead of, hey, how's the market like today? It's right. Like it's, it's on fire. So in some cases, you, you might want to sell a little bit earlier than you would. And then you have to look down, okay, do I sell in year four, year five, or wait another year for that market kind of take off a little bit? So that would be a judgment call at that point in time based on those market conditions. It is an illiquid asset, so it really has to appreciate for you to get the most benefit out. Right, I mean, see the full grant, return. Yeah, so we do grant some people some liquidity. If there's an emergency or some kind of life event, they have to get it out. We could replace that capital. But really to do this investment and, and we have such small amounts, you shouldn't have to really depend upon that money since we have right. these small minimums. So just kind of understanding what percentage of your portfolio should you put in. So I see people when they put a hundred or 200,000 into something, they might have something they need to get that money back. But when you're doing kind of the micro investing stuff, you want to make sure you're, you're diversified and let this build for yourself. Cause this is kind of wealth building. This is a growth investment. It's not a spec investment, it's more of a growth investment. And it really, you, you benefit it more at the end of four or five years. Right. It's like a seed. You got to let it grow. And it, it's not yeah. going to feed you every quarter. It's not going to, the dividends aren't going to pay you your rent. If you're only putting in $500,000, it's not designed like that. I totally understand that. Um, portfolio wise, assets under management, when someone's looking at Diversifund and what you guys are doing, what does your portfolio look like? How, how large is it? How much capital are you guys currently managing on across your, your REITs and your projects? 
Yeah, uh, 30,000 uh, customers, close to uh, 300 million in, in real estate owned right now. And we're purchasing on a cadence of one one to two properties a month. So we're, awesome. we're constantly adding more capital and more customers. We're kind of at that stage of growth. It's great. It's fantastic. That is, <laughs> so, that is awesome. Congratulations on that. So, it, you know, speaking of growth and, and assets, are there certain markets you guys are targeting right now? Um, are there certain areas you're looking at? Are you in the Southeast? Are you over, you know, out West? Are you in, you know, where are you guys looking to purchase at this time? We've been fortunate. We've been getting some good deals. Uh, we we're both in the same market right now and yep. we bought ours <laughs> two years ago. So that was good. So the markets that we're in South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, Utah, I mean, I'm in California. I don't, we're not, we got like one deal in California. It's, it's not really, it's not where we're chasing deals. And so we've been in those communities for a while now. We're going on year six of the company. So we're, we're getting first look at a lot of properties in those markets. And as long as we're continuing to look at other markets as well, but since we have a footprint in those markets, we're getting some first look opportunities, uh, Things are great. Um, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but we, we might be entering a stage of interest rates rising. And so we have to look out and be careful. And I think we're going to have to kind of hunker down on some of our, uh, our, our anticipate what we think of our growth, because I think some of these things with when interest rates rise, it's going to affect the returns a little bit. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And with the interest rate rising, obviously, no one has a crystal ball. No one can really see or project what's going to happen. But you know, the, the buying power of individuals has to uh, decrease essentially because the money that they're borrowing isn't as valuable or isn't, it, they, they can't buy as much. So for you guys, are you guys looking at more of uh, selling off a few assets and being very careful when you're buying? Are you guys still aggressively buying because you see lots of upside or, or where are you guys positioned right now? I mean, we're, we're positioned pretty well. We've had a couple in escrow for a variety of reasons, a little bit longer than we ex expected. Uh, and so we have we have a full pipe for this year at good pricing. So we're, we're not really concerned 2022, 2023, a little bit concerned what's going to happen in 2023. We have to see what the interest rate environment, the political environment, as yeah. well as the yeah. world environment with going on in Ukraine right now. So there's a lot of moving parts out there. But yeah, we're, we're, we're on top of things. There's a lot of things on fire right now, for sure. And there's a lot of uncertainty. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why ourselves at Victory Capital Group were being uh, very conservative and careful with what we're purchasing. You know, maybe we're not looking at as low of class assets. We want to be something a little bit more stabilized, more steady. And also in our underwriting, you know, I'm seeing some crazy assumptions in underwriting right now. People underwriting seven, eight percent annual rent growth after stabilization, or their cap rate sometimes staying the same at what they're purchasing at, or sometimes even decreasing. And that's stuff that kind of scares me for those individuals. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, someone's going to be left caught holding the bag at the end of the day. And, you know, individuals, uh, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but someone, you know, reached out to us to help them raise some capital on the deal. And, you know, I said, okay, where are you guys purchasing at? And he's like a 3.7 cap. And I was like, okay. And it's pretty, pretty compressed. And I said, well, where do you guys plan on exiting at in year five? And he's like, yeah, about a 3.49, 3.7. And I was like, you realize that's that's really where you, you, you're at now. You, you need to increase that to kind of give you some leeway, give you some runway and protect you. And I think that's why, you know, some of those individuals are having trouble bringing capital to their deals because it just doesn't always make sense in a standpoint like that. I, I know you're obviously not doing that because I make that comment and you're like, really? Like, that's that's interesting that people are actually doing that. Doesn't it sound crazy? 
Yeah, I see that. I, I, I've went through the last downturn. I saw what's happening right towards the end there. And uh, I could see that happen a little bit again with, with some with some people, the way they look at things. It's, it's not going to appreciate forever. And those rent right. growths are not going to keep going up that much. I mean, you could look at, you got to look at more underlying fundamentals, job growth, um, yep. where, where it was, it was uh, what's a good data point? You could look at the people moving into these states from other areas. Uh, there's, there's a lot of data out there to see what's going on. I, I think that is more my concern is the more quickly we adjust to using data, we can make these decisions better and there might be less of a supply for us to, to be purchasing. So everyone's getting that same data at the same time. So the, the players that have been around longer are gonna get the deals above everyone else. And uh, just gotta be very careful, gotta be very yeah. careful. Most definitely. And, you know, these residents, these tenants, they can only take so much rent growth. Like when is enough enough kind of thing? If if one operator's coming in, you know, increasing rents, bringing it to market, the next one says, yeah. okay, there's meat on the bone. I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm just going to sell it to the, you know, the third guy here in a five-year period who he's just going to be able to do the same thing. There, there's, you know, there's got to be an end there. It's, yeah, it's yeah. pretty crazy. Um, so getting back to Diverse Fund, I, I made an account kind of checked you guys out, downloaded the app, played around with it a little bit. And something that I've been invested in over the last few years, and I'm sure you get this, is uh, Fundrise, which seems very similar to your platform. It, talk to us about the similarities, but also the differences between the two platforms and how you guys kind of set yourself a, aside from the, uh, the herd. Uh, I'll share with you some of my thoughts, and there's other thoughts as well. Totally, I, mean, I respect for, it. For, First, first of all, we, we focus on really one product right now. It's multifamily value add. Uh, that that's what we're all about is that one core product. So if you look at that compared to us, they I think they have like core plus. They have some income products. They have some lower yielding products as well. Mm -hmm. uh, they're they have a overall general overreaching. Uh, I think one master fund. It looks like at the end of the day, uh, we we have a series of funds that we set up um, with another. A couple, a couple coming down the road as well, and the bigger vision at the end of the day is to really to service the non-accredited investor as much as possible. And we see, I'm always trying to keep the door open if we're going to do other things outside real estate as well. So we we haven't kind of pivoted to that. Uh, do I see that happening in the future? Is I want to be able to allow access to these opaque private markets to individuals. And when markets do shift and change, I will, we would like to be in a position where we could take advantage of those opportunities for people so they could jump in. Because that's where the institutional investors make all their money in the downturns. They're going yeah, and just yeah. gobbling stuff up, whether it's companies, whether it's real estate, or what other alternative investments. And that's the big vision is to give the everyday American opportunity to, to go with them. And, to, and that's when the wealth gap happens. It's like every downturn, every situation you look right, at get, this yep it gets wider it gets and wider grows and yeah. grows and grows and right before the pandemic we had a, the largest wealth gap in the u.s and where are we now i don't think they're talking about that for whatever reason i don't even trust the media now because there's <laughs> i don't know either right. side exactly you can't even believe in the yeah yeah so so i'm pretty sure the wealth gap is is, is even larger today than it ever was and, and who came out of the pandemic made it making all the money yeah yeah exactly no I completely yeah. agree with you and it, i don't I don't know how much you can talk about it, but you said other assets than real estate. I mean, what do you guys have on your your eye in the future? Is that something you can't really discuss too much right now? Uh, no, nah, it, it's just the typical alternative assets. It's it's something uh, that we'll look at if 
when the market shifts, we'll look okay. at getting into it. So we're, we're just see where opportunities are. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Now, uh, that deal that you and I were discussing uh, prior to hopping on the, the air here, is that something you want to talk about or something you want to, you want to leave off the air there? I'd love to just chat about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we, we can talk about it. I just uh, might not be able to answer every question, but I could talk about it. it totally fine. So that, that market there that you guys were operating in, how, how did you come about finding it and finding that deal in that market? Jesus, a couple of years ago. It's, it yeah. had to be somebody on our team. Um, I'm not sure which individual we had find it on our team, but I know we've been been involved in real estate for years. And it re- really, when you build yourself up, being in the field for over 20 years, one, you develop the relationships. And then two, if you get a level where you're hiring people who have the relationships, so we have a combination of both. So we do mm, get first look opportunities for that. That asset has performed pretty well for us. We're going to put it on the market here where we already have people saying, hey, we'll, we'll buy it from you at a good price. And uh, it's, not, it's not locked in yet, so I'm not going to say anything, but right, right. fingers yep. crossed here. The numbers are more than we expected. Uh, and uh, so we're, we're selectively choosing a couple assets to sell right now. Yeah, that no, that's, that, that's good. And your, your management company you guys use on that asset, we also use on another asset. So familiar with them, how they work and... Um, when the opportunity was brought to me, I was on the phone with a broker and I, you know, we just had the conversation and he's, I was like, got anything, got, got anything else coming up? And he, he named that asset you guys had. So I started to do my research and he told me the, the price. And I was like, really surprised. I was like, that's, that's great news for us based on where we just bought across the street. And I, I knew you guys would get it in this market and where the assets currently positioned. So for example, acquiring that asset, what was your guy's business plan? Not down to the nitty gritty, but where was the value really added there? Like what was the plan uh, to maximize the, the profit on that asset? Gosh, on that specific asset, diving a little deep. Um, I believe what they looked at the the rents, what they could get in the rents at the end of the day, I think it was a minor lift that one. And uh, they, like they looked out, because remember it's like two or three years ago, we got it. Right, so right. they're looking at, a lot, and that was conservative underwriting back then. Not as aggressive as we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. And so we were just looked at that and said, "Hey, if it performed this well." And then we just kind of, you know, at the end of the day, we entered a market that's really frothy right now, and so mm-hmm. that's why we're going to get the price we're going to get on the resale. We couldn't predict that in underwriting two, three years ago. You yeah, know, we could do our basic underwriting, and it and outperformed our basic performa. So. Um, yeah. Part of that, I, I won't call it luck, but it's part of the market is just it kind of took off. I don't think anyone could really predict the market, but at the same time, if you have a, your underlying uh, your underlying data points and your performa and you're executing that performance and get you this this type of yield, and that's what you're looking at at the end of the day to protect your investors and yourself, and you outperform that because the market conditions is just kind of icing on the cake. So we're we're pretty pleased. Yeah, definitely. I congratulations to you guys on that. I hope definitely hope that goes through. And it, it's funny because the way we work is we've got our acquisitions team. They'll actually go toward the asset for the first time. We'll put the offer in front of them. Once we get it under contract, that's when I'll actually fly in and uh, physically walk the asset and all the units and make sure it's what we expect. And part of that due diligence period, while I'm there, we also drive all the comps. And so, you know, your property was one of the properties we were, we were driving through, checking oh. out and comparing, and it, and it was very close, very similar. So again, it, it's a, a very small world and it's funny how we all just kind of know each other. You knew a few of our partners and uh, they knew you guys and your property. So I, I love that. That's what I like about this, uh, this whole game, essentially. Yeah. 
we good. we got one of our guys likes to jog the property. He flies out and jogs the neighborhood. See, he oh really? Jog for five or six miles, and uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. So he gets a feel for the area, the streets, and block I, by block because you can't totally really get, get it through Google Maps or something. I, I was so, just gonna say you can only give a little so trade much. secret away there. You know, if you have well, someone, hire someone who's a jogger, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll pay you to run, and uh, <laughs> it's true because on Google Street View you can only see so much. Sometimes it's not updated, but when you're really there, like down in the trenches, you know. That's yeah. part of the job. And that's how you're going to get the best results. And we're glad we've done that because we've steered away from some deals that we thought were great. They look good on paper uh, from a distance online. They look good. And then you, you really get down on the ground, boots on the ground and you, you spend some time there. And it was funny because I actually flew in and my flight got in around uh, midnight. And so I had my, you know, before we went to the hotel, I had my partner take us to the property and we drove around at 1am. And that's really when you also see like the true colors of the property. I was like, you know, how well lit is it? What's going on outside? Are people being loud? And, you know, we drove through there. It was well lit. You could drop a pin and you could hear it. And I was like, this is perfect. You know, this, this meets uh, that, you know, that sniff test going and you keep going yeah. forward. So just little tricks of the trade, essentially that you learn over time um, and you build out with your team. So that's great. Um, before heading into our next section of the show, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on, talk about? Uh, as far as the, the real estate, talking about yeah, that. Real estate, diverse fund, um, anything you guys are doing. I just want to give you you know, the opportunity to put your plug in. Oh, it, it, it's just, it's it's phenomenal what we got going on. Uh, we're, we're, we're constantly doing two things. It's like you got the asset management side. It's constantly looking out there and scouring for the best deals possible, making sure they're performing. Uh, really kind of really developing a lot of our technology. You, like you said, you got our app. We're constantly improving our product trying to develop tools and widgets for people to help them better understand. A lot of our community are people who have never invested before. They don't right. know what alternative investment is, they don't know what real estate is, they don't know how, this is kind of a, like an institutional quality product. It's a, it's a bigger product. So most people never have a chance to participate into that. So we, we have exactly. a lot of education going on and we're constantly getting feedback from people to how to, uh, communicate it better, better to them. Um, and it's, it's kind of across all spectrums. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. And I, we, I am actually a little shocked on how people, even people with high levels of education still don't know this asset. It, it's yeah. crazy. It, it's, it's, crazy. it's definitely something that your financial advisor isn't going to tell you about. So for yeah. us, we have a lot of investors who do self-directed IRAs or solo 401ks and they, they direct out of their retirement account and we educate them to do that. They didn't know about that, but we educate them because their financial advisor, you know, Charles Schwab, Vanguard, Fidelity, they're not, letting them know to invest in these assets because they don't make any fees off of that. And so again, this app, this platform you guys have is given the, the average Joe, the little guys that don't really know that these assets and these investments are available, the opportunity. And like we were talking about, you guys have some great educational content there to uh, allow the individual to understand what's going on. Cause at the end of the day, a confused mind takes no action. So if you can nurture and, and educate those investors, those clients, essentially, they're going to take action with you guys. I love that. Yeah. And going back to what you said, the fidelity is the vanguards, the world, it's really hard to transact to as well. So if you want to move your funds out, they really, it's a lot of friction to do that. So you it have is. to go through the broker, the advisor, whoever, your IRA custodian. I have years of experience working with different IRA custodians. That's a whole nother conversation to talk about how that's your money and to get it put into an investment it takes can take you a month or something because there's it's just ridiculous in how some of the uh the firms have it set up and they're always kind of have code oh yeah this doesn't 
pass or compliance department, but it's your yep. money. You should have the choice. We're moving to a world where people want to be a, a master of their own destiny. So they want to be, hey, if this instrument is my money and this instrument can invest in this vehicle, why can't I do it? Why do I have to go through you? And why do you have to charge me a fee to do that? And so yeah. those are some of the things that are out there that technology and, and is coming and kind of uh, really trying to contribute to making it uh, le less friction for people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, once those advisors have you, they don't want to let you go. Essentially, they want to keep you. And, and you can see that, obviously. So no, this is all really good stuff. Um, I do want to transition to the next section of our show called the Curious Cues. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw a few questions at you that we ask each of your guests and uh, get the answer back. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Awesome. Uh, first question I have for you. Favorite podcast you enjoy listening to? None of this has to be real estate related. Gosh, uh, a couple of them. I like there's the, the Knowledge Project. I was, I've been listening to that one a lot lately. So the okay. Knowledge Project, hbr.org, I like a lot. Yep. Awesome. Well, Very good. Uh, favorite book you enjoy reading? Ooh, I've been reading a lot of Robert Greene lately. Okay. So Robert Greene, uh, Laws of Human Nature, 48 Laws of Power. I got another book from go. him that he does like a daily, he writes like a book of 365 days of the year. And he's got a little page for each, each day of the year. Really enjoy his, his take on psychology with history. I really enjoy that and his perspective. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. Uh, biggest hurdle in real estate. Biggest hurdle in real estate. Or even your business and your startup essentially. Oh, for, for real estate, I, I there is hurdles, but they're they're overcome. There's not nothing crazy with the, the real estate buys. Uh, with 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 technology and compliance, they, mm. for some reason they don't like each other. They don't want to get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, it's the it's, compliance piece that doesn't want to get along with the technology is really what it is. I feel yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. It's very expensive, and the attorneys you have to use are usually 2000 plus an hour. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a, fr a friction point. So you're, you're trying to get through that. And, and then all of a sudden the goalposts move in the regulatory world and you're like, Oh geez, I just spent on that. And now we have to redo the whole thing. That's, that's, that's frustrating. They, they, it seems like it's every administration has their own interpretation and they um, have their own agenda. So it's, it's kind of navigating those waters. Yeah, I couldn't even begin to imagine. So my head off to you on that. Uh, favorite non-real estate related hobby. So what do you like doing in your free time? Uh, today I'm at the my office, my girls. So I love hanging out with my girls. I got three girls. Awesome. Uh, besides that, my wife would probably say, hey, my husband likes CrossFit. I do CrossFit like five days a week. So okay, awesome. How old are your daughters? Two, six and 14. Awesome. Very cool. I, I just became a girl dad. I uh, just about five months ago. So first daughter really understand and really start to appreciate. So that's awesome. Good for you. And, and you got them in the office. That's pretty sweet. That's a, that's a treat. I'm sure. Yeah. I can see one of them's kind of right hovering right now. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Did distracting you a little bit. Yeah. 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 That's good. And then, uh, last question. Hello there. <laughs> last question we have for you is uh, newbie advice. So what advice would you give to someone that's looking to get started into real estate? Oh, don't listen to the noise. Believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to all the no's. Everyone's going to tell you you can't do it. So just kind of believe in yourself. Learn as you go. 
study as much as you can, listen to other people's experiences so you can make less mistakes, but definitely just don't be distracted from people telling you you can't do it. So have belief in yourself to get it done. Yeah, definitely. That's some great advice. Really like that. And uh, a lot of people definitely need to hear it right now when there is a lot of noise uh, all over, anywhere you're going, someone telling you not to do it or um, giving you reasons not to, to proceed. So that's great. Hey, Greg, this has been awesome. It's been a real treat. I really appreciate you coming on the show. If you could just let people know how they can get a hold of you if they're looking to chat with you or even if they're looking to uh, invest with you guys on your platform. Yeah, really easy. We're at diversityfund.com. Uh, we have a platform where we're on uh, also iOS and Android. So you can download the app with uh, your Apple phone, your iPhone, or your Samsung phone. And for me, pretty easy. Craig Cecilio, different social channels. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, LinkedIn. Great. Awesome. Easy cool. Well, really, again, really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Great chatting with you. And uh, best of luck to you guys on getting some uh, deals off the books and some new ones on. Great. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope you were able to take some value away from today's episode. For more information or to connect with Dante, visit victorycapgroup.com. See you next week.